A big day today here on the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. It is the Peacock and Jackson show for today. You might recognize a different face if you're watching us on YouTube. Ross Jackson, the host of Locked on Saints and also a very special person here to the network. He's one of the higher ups. He's one of the big dogs here at the Locked on Podcast Network. We're talking to Sean Watson today. Big news about the civil cases and New Orleans Saints. That's his specialty. NFC, NFC South all coming up on today's episode of Peacock and you're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Ross Jackson sitting in for Matt while he is on vacation. He'll be back Wednesday at the Peacock on Twitter is where you can find me, NFL analyst. Uh, also the host of Locked On 49ers here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And my guest host today, Ross Jackson, uh, who is the host of Locked On Saints, doing Locked On NFL stuff. And w- Ross, what is even your official title here? For the <laughs> my, you do everything. I don't think that's an appropriate title for everything you do. My official title is Partnerships Manager. So I, I work with wow. our television stations, radio stations, and podcasts. But then I also work as the NFL Channel Manager, which, of course, has brought Brian and I together tons of times while also being a host on the network. That, that title just n- does not do you justice. We've got to work on that one. Work Send on David an email. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bump and pay while we're at it. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk New Orleans Saints, obviously. I do want to let the folks know that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thank you so much, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. New Orleans Saints have to wait because huge news today, Ross, and that is that Browns quarterback Deshaun Watson has settled all but four civil lawsuits. So that's 20 cases settled so Mm -hmm. far. Uh, And according to the plaintiff's attorney, Tony Busby, uh, there was a statement that announced this, and and this is huge for everybody involved. Obviously, uh, those women that are part of the civil case. The NFL has an opportunity now to understand what's going on legally so they can move on with whatever suspension is going to happen with Deshaun Watson and Watson and the Browns will start to have more clarity on this whole situation as well. And I will get to what that clarity will be, which I don't think is going to be much football for Deshaun Watson anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do want to go to the statement really quick here from Tony Busby. He said the cases against Deshaun Watson started with a phone call. Uh, from one brave and strong woman. That woman was Ashley Solis. At the time of that call, she was just one of the hundreds of calls seeking legal assistance that our firm gets weekly. Even though she was originally turned away by our screening process, my staff insisted that I personally speak with her. I'm glad she persisted. Um, Busby went on to say, today I announced that all cases against Deshaun Watson, with the exception of four, have settled. We are working through the paperwork related to those settlements Once we have done so, those particular cases will be dismissed. The terms and amounts of the settlements are confidential. We won't comment further on the settlements of those cases. So 20 of 24 cases, Ross, have been settled for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, a big step, uh, I guess you could say forward in this process. It's hard to call anything a step forward when it comes to this particular situation where we're talking about 24 civil cases of sexual assault, effectively predatory sexual assault, and a couple of criminal cases or one criminal case, and then a second criminal case that kind of 
reared its head for a second and then didn't didn't uh, come through. But I, I mean, you look at this and basically what this tells you is that you're getting closer and closer to the end of this process, not the end of the story. I don't think we'll ever get to the end of the story as a whole when it comes to this. But we do get to the end of the process here soon. And so from the football perspective of all of this, the legal process has to wrap up before the NFL can decide any kind of discipline. And one of the reasons why this happens and the reason why the NFL waits is because there's times where stuff like this gets dropped as opposed to get get settled. And also the NFL doesn't want to be in a situation to where they're potentially impacting the judiciary process, because if the NFL comes in and suspends Deshaun Watson before all this legal stuff is done, then that tells everybody that the NFL believes that he is guilty. And then because of that, you potentially have some, you know, sway in some of these cases and things like that. And so it's a smart sort of part of the process in terms of the way that this all works out in football terms. But the larger conversation here is outside of the football terms and in the human being terms, right? And the way that this whole situation unfolded, the way that this whole situation has uh, been continuous. I mean, we talked about, what was it, like 60, 60 plus massages over the course of like 15, 17 months or something like that? I think it was, I think it was 66 and 18 months. Our, yeah. our guy, the, our guy, the uh, Jeff Lloyd, the host of Locked on Browns, brought that, that specific yeah. number up. And it was, it was the... the how is that possible? Like, right. what? How is that possible? How, how Brian, did- you and I just moved. How many massages have you had since you moved? I need a massage. I, I need a massage. That's exactly I it. You haven't even <laughs> seen 66 people since the beginning of the pandemic. <laughs> Period. Right. Like, it's, it's so it's such a wild situation as a whole. Like, it feels unbelievable in a lot of different ways. And I think that now you're at a, in, in this place where 20 of these 24 cases have been settled, which is important because that's not a, a an indignation or a designation of guilty or not guilty. Those have been settled. So now we see what happens with these next four. Anything can happen from this point forward. But it does all seem, just to get to sort of the suspension part of all this or the NFL discipline part of this, doesn't really feel like we're going to see Deshaun Watson on a football field soon, does it? No, and I don't think we should. And I would feel like it was wrong if he played Agreed. at all. And I'm yeah. talking at all, all season long. And the remaining four cases, is there more to those where this could right. be? Could this could those four cases even go, you know, this process go into the season? Could that affect future seasons? But I don't see how Deshaun Watson should be allowed at all to to see a football field this year. And and there's no there's no really good um, comparison for Watson's situation in the NFL. You almost have to go to Trevor Bauer and Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. That was I mean, we're talking multiple seasons here, if that's the case, because there's there's no real other comparison. So uh, and and you almost have to wait for those other four cases. And I don't know if it means those four cases are stronger and there's even more going on there or if those cases are further away from being uh, settled or if those will be settled soon. So um, there's still a little bit of a cloud here, but clearly enough for the NFL, I think, to say, well, you're for sure not playing right now and we'll get back to you and let you know when you can play yeah they could use the commissioner's exemplist right like that's exactly what this is for until those four cases are settled or whatever ends up happening with them so that they don't end up making some type of a judgment based upon a legal process that's not completely fulfilled it's exactly what the commissioner's exemplist is for it's there they could easily put him on that list until those last remaining civil cases and you know uh, 
I, I say hopefully only because I, I would love to not have to talk about the situation anymore. And I would love for the situation to just be over and done with and be concluded, particularly for these women. But there are potentially more cases that could potentially pop up as well. So this is far from over, like I mentioned, in terms of the story. But it seems like we're at least seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel in terms of the process. Right. And and for the four remaining cases, look, if if the settlement's not working for you, Keep pushing it. Keep pushing. And, and, I, and I have to think, you know, uh, Busby mentioned Ashley Solis, who was the first woman to come forward. Um, imagine how she felt when she came forward, maybe thinking she was the only one. And then right. out how many more there were. I mean, right. wow. And, and for the and to almost not even get her case taken by the lawyer, too. I mean, that it's, it's pretty amazing that, um, you know, how many when when the lawyer lays it out that way, how many cases they hear and like to think that maybe they wouldn't even have taken this case. Yeah, you know, it says a lot about what's going on in the world. uh, It's obviously a bad situation. The NFL doesn't want it to linger, I'm sure. So they want to be able to have a swift penalty. And that'll be the end of the of the, you know, of the process for them doling out the punishment to Deshaun Watson. And I think they still got to wait a little bit longer since there's still a few cases, but it definitely feels like we're a lot closer to some sort of uh, closure in this matter as far as just the football side of things go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it will be a welcome closure. And then all eyes will be on the NFL to see what yeah. it is that they do next. Absolutely. So we'll see what's next in this. We'll, we'll probably hear from the NFL at some point or at least leaks from the NFL. I think that's how they like to do this thing. <laughs> information to people and they they test the waters and see how the public feels about if they were to do the thing that they leak out there. It's so, good business. It's good. Right. Business. Yeah, that's that's probably <laughs> um, let's talk New Orleans Saints, though, Ross. Uh, Ross is back to his old, old neighborhood, uh, back in new Orleans. Uh, I, I see drew Brees. I think it is behind you there boop, boop. to the lamp. <laughs> and, uh, we'll talk about the drew Brees less new Orleans saints in the NFC South coming up. Uh, we got to let the folks out there know about blue Nile first at BlueNile.com, You can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece. All prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. And whether, you know, whatever your process is, whatever the reason is that you're trying to buy uh, a beautiful piece of jewelry for that special person in your life, whether it's mom, whether uh, it's another family member, whether it's a friend, whether you're trying to get that relationship to the next level or you're going full bend the knee engagement ring, Blue Nile has everything you're looking for. Blue Nile's jewelers will handcraft the perfect engagement ring Each ring will truly be one of a kind when you choose the diamond shape, the size, the clarity, as well as the setting style. And the best part of BlueNile.com and in shopping in the age that we are is you have 24-7 help to find what you're looking for. And I would have no idea what I'm looking for when I'm shopping for jewelry like that. But Blue Nile has jewelry experts on hand 24-7 available via phone or chat to help you find the memorable gift at every budget. So make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNile.com and Peacock and Williamson listeners will get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement. Use code locked on. That is promo code locked on. Plus every order is insured, ships free and arrives in discreet packaging. They won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNile.com today. Thanks again, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. I do want to remind you about the NBA live draft show going on here on the network. You know how well we did the NFL draft coverage. So if you're an NBA fan, the entire NBA channel going live on NBA draft night. So if you have a favorite NBA team, make sure you subscribe now to their Locked On YouTube channel so you get notified when they go live 
on draft night. Ross, what do we think about these New Orleans Saints coming into 2022? I was recently a guest on Locked on Saints with Mm -hmm. you, and we sort of left off with the conversation of, as far as team building goes, I, I love a lot of what's going on with the roster. And we'll talk a little bit more about specifics there. But I, I, I always talk about, and I pound it home on this show as well, the most important thing for a football franchise to be successful is that marriage of coach and quarterback. Mm-hmm. And two biggest questions I have right now about the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I think Dennis Allen deserved another shot to be head coach. I think it's a great spot for him. You know, the continuity there with keeping that right. coaching staff, even with Sean Payton gone. So uh, you, you know, it's hard to really know what the loss of Sean Payton is going to mean. But what do you know about Dennis Allen? What makes you confident that he is the right guy, that maybe uh, there won't be that much of a drop off between Sean Payton and the new coaching staff there? Yeah, I think the the big thing to recognize is that offensively, there's probably going to be a drop off, but it's going to be hard to measure because last year there were this was a NFL team. This was the New Orleans Saints team that was 32nd in the NFL when it came to passing yardage, 30th, I believe, in passing attempts, period. So the identity of the New Orleans Saints has been steadily shifting probably since about 2017. And that specific shift is one of the reasons why I'm very confident in Dennis Allen and why we kind of knew Dennis Allen was going to be the hire from the very beginning in terms of that head coaching position. And a big part of that is that that identity shift really started 2017, where they started to shift into more of a defensive team. So their team finished, you know, 17th, 16th, 11th, and then into top five when it comes to scoring defenses, total defenses, all of that over the course of the past few years. And so I think that Dennis Allen being the defensive-minded head coach and also the defensive coordinator that helped to lead that defensive unit during that change of identity since that draft class, that him coming in and stepping into this role as head coach makes a lot of sense for this team that is now effectively a defensive team. But what you've seen them do over the course of this offseason is focus a little bit more on building up the offense so that they don't run into the same sort of depletion that they ran into last year, particularly at the wide receiver position. So getting Michael Thomas back is huge, probably the biggest biggest addition for the New Orleans Saints will be getting Michael Thomas back in 2022. Even if you get 75% of Michael Thomas, it's still much better than what you had on the field last year. And then you add Jarvis Landry, who's a proven veteran, a guy that should fit really well in the New Orleans Saints scheme of staying close to the line of scrimmage. And then Chris Olave that fits maybe Jameis Winston's ability a little bit more as somebody that wants to push the ball down the field. But with Jameis coming off that ACL injury, his entire offseason has been focused on 5, 10, 15 yard passing, not 50 yards downfield because they wouldn't allow him to throw that deep because of the yeah as he was rehabbing on the injury so he's put a lot of focus into the short and intermediate range so i think that those pieces do fit really well and dennis allen has what he needs in terms of the pieces around on his defense to continue to win games just like he did in that nine to zero shutout against tampa buccaneers last year but the big question is going to be can the offense get rolling and that's where your question around quarterback and coach connection how that pans out that's going to be a a huge thing to watch throughout the 2022 season for the team and it it looked like Jameis Winston was playing pretty good ball and, you know, a little bit of a smaller sample, but if you get that Jameis Winston, it's a, it's a really good sign for the saints. So what is the confidence level there in the quarterback? Because the reason I ask it, because they didn't just go into the offseason and say, Jameis Winston's our guy. They waited. And how glad are you? First of all, that they didn't go, because uh, Deshaun Watson, uh, a New Orleans Saint, or was, let this, me, was this a galaxy brain situation where the Saints were just trying to make the, the Falcons fall apart and get rid of their quarterback that has been the best player in their franchise's history or, or make the, you know, the Carolina Panthers overpay or something like that? I'd love to say that that's what it is. So I'll just say that that's what it is. But I'll tell you this. Like, I just mentioned that Michael Thomas was the best move that the Saints will have this offseason. He is the best addition that the Saints will have this offseason. But the best move that the Saints made this offseason was not trading for Deshaun Watson was like that 
trade not working out, which wasn't really on them, right? Like they and Atlanta were considered the finalists until, you know, the $230 million fully guaranteed contract and the Cleveland Browns entered the conversation. And so I think that, you know, you, you make, you sell this team, make $30 million of salary cap space, despite starting the offseason $77 million over the salary cap, which we've seen the Saints do this before. That's not a surprise. And, and so then they, end up having to having that money to where they've spent around 20 million of it so far, adding Jarvis Landry, re-signing Jameis Winston, bringing in Tyron Matthew, adding another first round selection, which does add to your sort of, um, I guess you can call them like operating costs, because as you draft those players in the first round, you're paying more than you would pay for a second or third round guy. So, you know, you saw them be able to add all of that. Now they sit with another $10 million in guys like Indomit and Sue and Quan Alexander still on the market. So it would be interesting to see where they continue to go with all of that. So the whole Deshaun Watson thing not working out uh, in terms of that trade worked out for them in, I would say, three or four different really important ways, right? The fan base, the community, the team itself, the, in terms of the organization, and then, of course, the money. So I think that that all worked out. But the big question around Jameis Winston is, okay, they went after Deshaun Watson first. Does that make you feel like they're less confident in Jameis Winston? And I think that the contract tells you everything you need to know. It's a two-year, $28 million contract with $21 million guaranteed. It's a one-year deal, right? So he, I talk, I did an episode today on Locked on Saints about the three veterans that have – the most pressure on them in 2022. And I think Jameis Winston is right at the top of that list, not because I doubt him, not because I don't think he's going to be able to perform well, but because he is a quarterback, which always is going to have the most pressure, but he's a quarterback that is looking to make sure that he can get a potential long-term deal either with the Saints or with another team over the course of as soon as next offseason, potentially. So I think that, that that tells you pretty much everything you need to know about their trust in Jameis Winston. Clearly, they feel good about him this year. They've built around him. And they're giving him an opportunity, which is something that he deserves, but they have an escape plan if they need it. We talked on Locked on Saints, Ross, uh, about, and I was a little critical of the situation where they traded future firsts to get into this year's draft. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they hit the needs they, they had with, with left tackle and wide receiver. And I understand that part of it. But as you mentioned, Winston could be a one-year deal. If they find out they need a quarterback next year, there's no first-round pick. But you had an amazing idea that I didn't think about, and it pertains to Sean Payton yeah. and the coaching situation where maybe they have this mechanism on deck if they do need to go get that quarterback next year and they need the, those draft picks, maybe they can find those. So will you tell the folks out there about, about this little wrinkle that I hadn't considered, which is, of course, the most New Orleans Saints thing there is. <laughs> yeah, this is the real galaxy brain Mickey Loomis move right here. Um, yeah, so the New Orleans Saints usually plan you know, three, five years ahead. All good organizations do. And you see mechanisms built in the contracts like roster bonuses that are $15 million that are going to be guaranteed anyway that they just restructure and push down the line. There were all, it was already guaranteed money just to create space, all that stuff. So we've seen the New Orleans Saints sort of show that they can do this in contracts. Now, in this instance, where you know they could potentially run into the situation that you ex- that you just uh, described, to where Jameis you know struggles because of the injury, or just struggles uh, you know as a whole, or gets injured again, and then ends up in a situation to where you're in the market for another quarterback. There's two very good quarterback classes upcoming. It's what everybody's talking about when it comes to these upcoming draft classes. So how do the Saints get back into the first round after trading out of next year's first round? One of the ways that they would be able to do that is that if a team is looking for a head coach next year the Saints still own the rights to Sean Payton's contract. So if he goes and joins another team, the team that he uh, goes to or the team that hires him is going to have to effectively trade for him in order to get him off of the New Orleans Saints books and onto their books. And the good part about this for the New Orleans Saints is that generally speaking, teams that are looking for new, new head coaches 
generally bad teams the year before. That's why they're looking for their new head coach. Now, obviously, there are some examples, some examples otherwise of that. You can look at Todd Bowles moving in as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You can even talk about Dennis Allen and the New Orleans Saints in that case. Uh, but you know, most of the time, out of eight of ten new coaches this year, they were all pretty bad teams that were looking for a new coach. Oh, and I would say the Las Vegas Raiders, of course, were an exception there because of the weird Bisaccio situation. But if that's the case, then the Saints could potentially get into, let's just say the top 15 to be conservative, but maybe even the top 10, depending upon who's hiring and how they perform and you know which head coach gets fired over the course of the offseason and all that, and end up get back into this year's, this upcoming year's draft, maybe even another first in 2024, so that they would be able to dip into that much more, let's just say, uh, favorable quarterback class of the next couple of years than what we saw this past year. And as we know, when and especially someone like Sean Payton, who's on a Hall of Fame path as a as a head coach, when someone like that is available, that's not cheap for teams to go get. We've seen right. that. It's been a little while since we've seen a nice head coach trade, but we're talking multiple first round picks. I mean, that's that's been the cost for that type of of coach in the past. Yeah, there was a report, uh, I think last week, that the Miami Dolphins were prepared to offer him five years, $100 million. Now, they went with biracial king Mike McDaniel, who's one of my favorite head coaches <laughs> in the NFL, and I cannot wait to see this guy lead the Miami Dolphins to whatever he leads it to. I don't even care. I'm just excited that he's a head coach and we get to see him in press conferences all the time. But, I mean, if there's a team like the Miami Dolphins who were close, right, and have been close over the course of the last couple of seasons, nine, 10 win seasons, that and they're willing to give five years, a hundred million dollars, and that also likely means that they're they really want that coach. A guy like Sean Payton, of course, once he hits the market, like you mentioned, every team's going to want him, and so that's going to work out really well for the Saints in terms of how they can run that draft capital up, uh, or yeah, that trade capital up. Let me say it that way. And then, of course, however many teams are in there, the bidding war begins and kind of bolsters all of that compensation as well. It's odd that maybe Saints fans are hoping Sean Payton does come back to coach for another team. Right. Yeah. In that weird way. <laughs> yeah. They're just hoping it's not the Dallas Cowboys. That's oh, the only. Exactly who it's gonna be. <laughs> and, oh, man. OK, uh, that, that's a conversation now for next offseason. And, and I have another question that probably pertains to next offseason as well. The salary cap for the Saints. Let's talk a little bit more about the NFC South, where the Saints fit in there. But I, I got to let the folks out there know about Bet Online. If you're a Saints fan and you're thinking 50 to one, I'll throw down some cash. I'm sure Ross has already thrown down some cash at 50 to one odds for the New Orleans Saints. To win the Super Bowl this season, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, news, including this year's NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball all summer long. Uh, There's multiple golf leagues now that you can bet on uh, at BetOnline. Uh, Sports scores, news, everything you can imagine this season involving the sporting world, you can find at betonline.net, which remains the best spot for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Tons of NFL futures as well, not just Super Bowl champion, coach of the year, rookie of the year, uh, offensive player of the year, defensive player of the year, props for you know number of sacks, number of passing yards for Jameis Winston, if that's the direction you want to go with your hard-earned dollar. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports. Head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Ross, do you already have a podcast recorded explaining next January about how the Saints are going to go from $100 million over the cap to $50 million under the salary cap? Yeah, I'm basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through and I'm just going to take 
last off season's episode and then i'm just gonna watch it and then dub over it and say 2023 anytime i would say 2022 and just republish the same episode because it's the same story all the way through i mean these guys are are, are wild uh with the way that they manage that cap absolutely so they're never gonna have to pay up is, is that what's going on next off season there's there's not gonna be that season where they're like all right we actually are screwed this time and we're gonna have to to you know to kind of take our medicine a little bit this year, then we'll be back at it again next year. It might become the next general manager's problem (laughs) more than than anything else, unless that next general manager is Kai Hartley, who is, by the way, really the capologist for the New Orleans Saints. He's the guy that's up there and, you know, that's next to Mickey Loomis that's helping to manage the money, right, and helping to manage all of the contracts. And he's somebody that's maybe getting a little bit more exposure now. You know, you had the uh, a couple of different events over the over the past couple of days that have you know celebrated black executives in the NFL, and he was a part of that, along with guys like Troy Vincent, of course, who's you know way up there in the NFL, probably future commissioner someday, which would be super dope to have like a former player be commissioner someday. But you know, I, I think depending upon who the next general manager is, it might eventually become their problem. But I think what you are going to see is the Saints doing a little bit more over the course of the next maybe like three or four seasons of what they're doing this year to where like they're going to let the dead cap really roll off the books this year drew Brees, teron armstead so on and so forth and then they'll probably try to carry eight to ten million dollars into next season of course for those that don't know if you don't spend all of your salary cap you know you don't spend every all of your allotment in the 2022 season that money rolls over into the 2023 season either counts against overages or goes on top of the league uh salary cap that gets set every year so States could end up in a situation over the course of the next three years. They try to roll over, you know, some, you know, collection of $20 million over the course of three seasons or something like that to help them in the future. And of course, gambling money and, um, and uh, the new TV deal, of course, will help a ton too. But eventually, eventually you'll see them make some concessions, but I don't think they're going to take it all in at once, if that makes sense. Right. And as long as there's not another pandemic, that salary cap yes. you go up quite a bit over the next couple of years. And that might be exactly the padding that the Saints need in that case. Uh, so, Ross, let's talk about the Saints as it pertains to the division in the NFC South there. Um, there there's some interesting teams. I mean, the the, the Atlanta Falcons, I, I don't know how anybody could pick them to let alone, you know, finish third in the division and certainly not win the division there the roster just looks really bad and they're in full-on rebuild mode especially now without matt ryan um so i and really the the carolina panthers until they figure out their quarterback they're in a pretty bad situation as well so it comes down to the saints who are right there last year uh we projected them on peacock and williamson to be the seventh seed in the nfc this year and of course tom brady coming back again retiring unretiring the Tampa bay buccaneers can the new orleans saints make a run at those bucks this year i think there's a chance that they could i mean they obviously play the Tampa bay buccaneers really really well and i think you saw last year that a lot of that is really about the defensive prowess their defensive acuity more than it is about their offensive acuity and so i think dennis allen carrying that success to the 2022 isn't un you know it's not unreasonable to expect. So I would say that, you know, look, the Saints should be a better team than the than the Atlanta Falcons. They should be a better team than the Carolina Panthers. Most teams should be better teams in both of those organizations. And they may be split this year as opposed to the sweeping that we've seen over the course of the past few seasons when it comes to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that puts them in a really good position because that would give them what five and one in the division. If they can win some of those other, you know, conference and, and out of conference games, then obviously that puts them in a much better situation. We'll have to see how Tampa does all that. But, you know, one of the things I think that the Saints need to do in order to be able to compete really, really 
you know, well and continue that competition against Tampa is maybe address their interior defensive line. So it's one of the reasons why I kind of mentioned and Sue, who was, you know, all over ESPN smiling and getting all giddy about the Raiders. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Come, come to the come to the NFC South and bully Tom Brady a little bit because the interior pressure on Tom Brady has always been his weakness. And the Saints don't really have that interior pressure generator outside of using you know a lot of twists and stunts and bringing the outside guys in to be able to generate that. So that would be something that I might look at that maybe the Saints could still do to get the upper leg a little bit more against Tampa on the defensive side. But I, I think that the division is set up well for them. Atlanta hasn't really addressed that defense, which is still maybe their biggest issue. Uh, they finally addressed running back, which is great. Tyler Algier, who I really, really liked in, in this year's draft. And so we'll see what they're able to do along with the passing attack that they've built. But, you know, losing Matt Ryan and the whole Deshaun Watson debacle wasn't really the greatest thing for them, for sure. No, that, that was not a good situation for them. But it almost forced them to do what they needed to do last year. And and, and really the bullet. There was, yeah. no, there was no other way. There was no other path for them because their, their roster was too bad. There was no band, no amount of bound dads you could put on the, the Atlanta Falcons roster at this point. But it's a great point because that front uh, on defense for the Saints is huge for them. And not only just playing, you know, specifically against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and that interior right. pressure, but, you know, they put some resources. You know, so Cam Jordan's going on what year? Well, 13 or something yeah yeah he's he's still rolling yeah <laughs> i feel like he was even older than that but uh <laughs> good years left in him right and then marcus davenport and uh last year's first rounder in in peyton turner so there's some you know talent coming off the edge there and, and you know they need turner and, and davenport to play at a high level taco charlton but yeah the in- interior is interesting they brought over Kentavious street who i'm really familiar with with the 49ers mm-hmm. You know, be a, a rotational guy, undrafted free agent Malcolm Roach. I remember him from uh, Texas, right? It's sort of mm-hmm. like a try hard little play. bit. Yeah, yeah, very versatile too. You can yeah. kind of move him around a little bit. But yeah, that's key because the the secondary is on point. I mean, I love what they got going on in the secondary, and it, it's really a modern day secondary too because you have guys that can can lock people up on the outside. And I, I can't wait to see Paulson uh, Adebo in year two there yeah. and obviously Marshawn Lattimore on the other side but the guys on the interior you can match up in any sort of a way Tyron Matthews been one of the more versatile defensive backs in his era I love CJ Gardner Johnson who mm-hmm. could probably start at outside corner probably start at safety in the NFL but you as can put end. him at defensive end if you need to right. like he'll yeah. be fine yeah. <laughs> he's perfect for that defense and then they went out and got Marcus May to you know to replace their their big money loss um, and, and I think it's safety. That's where you can yep. save a couple of dollars. So mm-hmm. like the, the secondary, I love how this secondary is coming together and they're going to have to cover quite a, quite a few receivers there in the NFC. So uh, it's a fun team. And I, I just don't know, you know, if, if Jameis Winston's the right guy, we'll see how, because, I think back to Bill Belichick and the Bill Belichick tree and every head coach that coaches under him, they go somewhere and it's like, well, guess what? You're not Bill Belichick. And so how much is it going to be that with Sean Payton? It's like, well, and, and so does that like, d- does the, you know, cause you talk about the rising tide. Yeah. Boats, d- does the tide kind of come down a little bit there and how's that all going to come together? And then are, are you going to throw a rookie left tackle in there? Uh, or is, is he going to have to fight for that job and protect James Winston's blind side? And, you know, so uh, 
there, there's just a lot of questions there on the offensive side of the ball, but I can't see, I can't wait to see how it all comes together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the, the Sean Payton coaching tree is one that hasn't really taken root before. Like we're starting to see it now, right? Aaron Glenn and Dan Campbell in uh, Detroit. You've got uh, uh, Brendan Nugent and a couple of others that are now over in uh, Los Angeles, which wouldn't that be an interesting place for Sean Payton to end up next year, by the way, if the Chargers kind of disappoint and they move on from Brandon Staley and he's got so many familiar faces over there mm. already and a big time quarterback in Justin Herbert. Just saying, be really interesting fit for him. Uh, and then you look at, you know, these other guys like like Dennis Allen, Doug Marone in the past and others like they haven't fully taken root. Right. And, and a lot of it is that they haven't left. Like Pete Carmichael has been in New Orleans from the very beginning. You know, a lot of these other guys like CJ, Coach CJ, the, the famed wide receiver coach, he just left this year. And so it, it's going to be interesting to see maybe. You know, if Dennis Allen gets to kind of start that Peyton coaching tree in, in terms of success. But, you know, it, it's it, it's an interesting thing because the scheme on defense and offense is going to elevate the players. They finally have players that can elevate the scheme. But now you have to have the coaching that brings it all together. And that's going to be one of the big question marks in 2022, which is a question mark you're going to have for any team with a new head coach. Well, the the good news about Sean Payton becoming the next Dallas Cowboys head coach is <laughs> he's not going to take your cap guy along with him because the Jones family runs the show in the front. Oh, line. yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I think that the Saints would. Somewhere else, you might have to say goodbye to him, too. Yeah, that's true. I think that the Saints would, uh, honestly, in that situation, I think the Saints would kind of say, okay, Mickey, we're going to move Mickey Loomis into like a president of type title <laughs> and then slide Kai Harley into uh, into general manager, which which is a place I think makes a lot of sense for him. Fantastic stuff. That is Ross Jackson. Appreciate you jumping in for Matt Williamson today. I hope Matt Williamson comes back with a nice little uh, base layer of a tan. I'm not sure how well he actually even tans up, but uh, he's yeah. been he's been hopefully, living up on the beach. Hopefully you'll have trouble telling the difference between us. Hopefully he comes back with a real nice tan. Looking real good. Real fresh. <laughs> uh, fantastic. <laughs> Find Ross on Twitter, at Ross Jackson. Nola, he's doing Lockdown Saints every day. Fantastic dude and a, a must-follow and always a pleasure talking with you, Ross. I appreciate you jumping in today. Hey, man. Love you, bud. I appreciate you having me on. Always a pleasure to be here with you. All right. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen. Make sure you're checking out everything else here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL channel and all the great shows here on the Locked On NFL side of things. And Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.